Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is May 16, 2019, and it's Thursday, and there is a lot going on, both domestically and globally. Uh, We will be discussing today further on about this fourth unelected branch of government and how they've been exposed, how they've separated themselves into two camps, but we all know the leader came from the executive office, and that's Obama and co. In addition, um, what I talked about months ago in regards to infanticide and abortions, it seems that the left is playing the tune that I said they would. They would fight this tooth and nail until it gets to the Supreme Court, in which it will be inevitable that Roe versus Wade will be discussed again and thrown out and overturned. In addition, a breaking uh, just about 30 minutes ago, uh, a U.S. cargo ship started to unload over 70 helicopters, uh, military helicopters. Uh, some of them were purchased earlier this year by Greece, along with, um, you know, accessories for these choppers and other weapons. And this was done all of a sudden. The shipment was not expected until late 2019, but due to escalated threats and Turkey, even though they are a NATO ally, showing uh, uh, very strong, uh, I, one would say strong opinions in regards to the Iran sanctions, uh, the United States has delivered all this equipment to Greece so that their readiness and they are um, is is better, I guess, and that they would be able to eliminate any threats that, that may come their way. Uh, so that's all we're going to be talking about, terrorism in the USA. I mean, talk about Omar, Rashida, but we should also talk about corrupt justice systems. I mean, I've been victim to it. Many people have corrupt judges, corrupt prosecutors. And someone this morning sent me an email in regards to a person that is currently in jail for such antics. Uh, His name is Schaefer Cox. So I just want to talk about like, who is Schaefer Cox? Now, the president hasn't been active this morning, really hasn't. He's simply retweeted, uh, you know, things that he's tweeted already. He reinforced that the fake news, WAPO, and even more fake news, New York Times are writing stories, uh, that there's infighting with respect to his strong policy in the Middle East. There's no infighting whatsoever. Different opinions are expressed, and I make a decisive and final decision. It is a very simple process. 
All sides, views and policies are covered. I'm sure that Iran will want to talk soon. Now, Iran is not really the threat anymore, guys. And and I've been saying this for a while. It's Turkey. Turkey is the concern that we have. Turkey, who is a very staunch ally to the Iranians, who is pretty much dependent on the Iranians uh, for their energy uh, uh, for their energy industry. Uh, they are strong supporters of the Muslim Brotherhood as well. And as you know, in Syria, they're actually promoting, fostering, and perpetuating these um, terror cells, which, you know, they're pretending they're not to, but they are. Uh, Idlib is a key example of that. And that would feed into the fact that they're working together with Iran and those factions, and most possibly are also funding them. Uh, Months ago, Turkey uh, threatened to shut down all social media in their country for people leaking such information that certain political groups uh, within their country have been doing so. Now, I uh, wanted to start off with John Durham. So remember Monday when everyone's like, oh my gosh, you know, it broke, Barr tapped him. And I'm like, um, you know, and I, and I got some feedback from my listeners like, well, if everyone's saying it, it has to be true. And what have we learned so far with the fake news? Even good news stations or impartial or right-leaning news stations get it wrong. Uh, I said it. Durham was never appointed by Barr. I mean, Barr just started. That would be silly to think that the origins of the Russia investigation are being looked at now. And here is why. I tried to put it together in an article uh, that I that I put up this morning. Basically, here's the deal. We see that Whitaker was the chief of staff for Jeff Sessions. Jeff Session, Sessions had recused himself from the Russia investigation. What is the role of the chief of staff? He is the gatekeeper to everything Sessions. You want to meet with Sessions? You got to go through him. You want to communicate with him? You got to go through him. Is there a new case that he needs to sign off on? It has to go through Whitaker because Whitaker will decide if the attorney general will sign it, see it, do it, whatever. Especially the fact that he had recused himself. Whitaker was all over the Mueller investigation overseeing it. Now, when you have claims of uh, collusion with foreign countries, when you have claims of interacting with foreign entities, when you have this dossier, when you have money being exchanged, when you have social media being attacked, used, paid for, whatever, you don't just take it at face value, right, as an investigator. You have to investigate the validity of those claims. You have to investigate if indeed any of this stands and would it stand in a court of law. Well, here's where it gets really, really fun. So in order to do that, you have to almost reverse engineer the statements made uh, to find out where they came from and if they can be validated. Well, this is exactly what happened. Whitaker saw that the... Items that were on there, the dossier, the claims that were being made, seemed to be iffy, if not off. (laughs) So he started looking. And it wasn't until December of 2017 where 
a lot of data had been put through and they were coming down to the source. They were coming down to see how information was collected. They were coming down to see how these Russians hacked the DNC server. You know, all this stuff of Fusion GPS and CrowdStrike and all this was coming to fruition. And boom, suddenly, right around Christmas, what happens? What happens? Do you guys remember? James Baker was fired from his position as FBI general counsel and placed somewhere in the FBI that nobody knows where. He was probably on on, on paid leave or something. So this happens around Christmas. So the first week of January, he's really out. And why? Because an investigation started. That is where the investigation started. They were looking into... Everything from what information they received from the DNC, Hillary Clinton, um, and Obama's lawyers. Uh, they were looking into the dossier because Korn said he shared it with um, David Korn is a, um, a journalist from Mother Jones. And he claims that he didn't give him the dossier till after the elections. But it turns out Baker contradicts that by saying it was before the elections. But before that dossier, he had that dossier, obviously, in October, because that is when they got the FISA warrant application, and that was included in it. So it's like a really hot mess. Even through his testimony, you can see that he's kind of lying. And how he defaults to it is, well, I have a 302. You can see that. Because he doesn't want to be inaccurate, and he wants to ensure that what he says aligns with what he said before. Now, Here's here's where it goes, that once Whitaker saw that there was a problem in the chain of custody, once he saw that there was a concern in the materials that were in there, when they were trying to investigate to, in, to establish the validity, the validity of the dossier and the FISA warrants, because you look into the FISA application and see exactly what it is that they're claiming is going on. So that way you can see if there's really Russia collusion. And cue music, we get John Durham in. And this is what Whitaker did, because that was his job. He would assign and delegate duties to people. Obviously, the assistant um, the deputy attorney general isn't going to oversee it or delegate. It is the chief of staff. So he sourced out U.S. attorneys under Jeff Sessions, you know, uh, command, of course, because Jeff Sessions was the AG, but he had no business and was recused from the Mueller investigation. So this means Whitaker had the authority to assign such investigations or initiate such investigations on behalf of the Department of Justice or AG Sessions without telling him what was going on, but saying, I'm feeling that there were criminal leaks. I'm feeling there was criminal um, uh, dissemination of information. I'm feeling that there's a problem here. And in a case, this is what's going on. And this is where Sessions would say, all right, Matt, Go find someone to do it. And that's where Durham was tapped. And here's the thing. That went through an investigation. Then a grand jury decided that they're going to drop the indictment on him. And in May, Baker leaves the FBI. And coincidentally, a couple of days later, Robert Bauer, 
who was the attorney for the DNC, Hillary Clinton, Obama, Backpage.com, even Nivixum. He was a partner at Perkins Coy, resigned or was resigned just a couple days after Baker was dismissed from the FBI. So here is where we have when that investigation started. So in May is when Baker knew he was indicted. Baker knew that he's going, that there's more on this investigation, that the grand jury, um, you know, gave them the authority to indict and he's undergoing court in a criminal investigation. And boom, in his testimony to the uh, oversight committee, he said it himself. Well, actually, his lawyer said it, specifically said he's under criminal criminal leak investigation, under investigation. And when asked by Jim Jordan and press, like, who's doing it, who's doing it, he was like, is it Huber? He's like, no, it's John Durham. And that was from October 3rd, 2018. So... Durham was not tapped by AG just a couple weeks ago. He was tapped through Whitaker earlier than that. So what people need to understand is, is that there's a method to the madness, to the method, method, not to the madness, to the silence, because you have to be stealthy in the way you operate, especially when you're dealing with big guns like this. With people in the intelligence community, people with connections everywhere through press, through intelligence, through executive level, Congress, Senate, etc. This tells you and gives you the understanding as to why they are so infatuated with, hey, we've got to get our hands on all this material that Mueller has because through there we're going to see what's currently under investigation, what's pending an investigation, and what is going through grand jury right now. And this is why they want to know because they're implicated. <laughs> Lindsey Graham wants to know too because, you know, he had his paws on the dossier. And see, that's the thing. How do you make something fake credible? That's a good question, right? How do you make something fake credible? You keep repeating it. And not only that, you share it. You share it, share it, share it. So if everybody in the media is saying it, everybody in Washington is saying it, everybody in the Senate, everybody in the House, all your friends and their mothers and their kids and cousins and cousins fifth removed, if everyone's saying it, it has to be true. And that's how they get stuff like this done. This is how corruption works. You frame, you put, you say, 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 rinse and repeat. Frame, put it forward, say, 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 rinse and repeat. That is how you get people to believe what you're saying. Um, And this is what they've done. It's a coordinated effect. This is why they gave it, they leaked it to the media. This is why everybody in Washington had it. This is why, you know, everyone was talking about it as if it was factual. Nobody actually read it to say, well, that doesn't sound right. There were three different versions of it. Sounds really iffy right there when there's three different versions. And You know, they perpetuate it and amplify it to the point that reason or facts are drowned out. That's the thing. That is how they operate. Reason and facts are drowned out. So no one's listening anymore. And it's kind of like, all right, what do we do here? That is exactly how it goes. That is exactly how it goes. So 
it's it's pretty it's it's pretty crazy if you think about it how how this is going on but their reactions are what tell you how much trouble they're in so blumenthal denang dick is so pissed that durham who is the u.s attorney of his own state his own state was doing all of this right under his nose and he didn't even know about it. He didn't even know about it. He didn't know that he was investigating the Russia collusion hoax. Do you know what that means to Danan Dick? It means that he's scared because that means no one in his state leaked anything to him no other u.s attorneys no judges no other no legislators nothing there was silence and you know what that means the minute your allies don't know anything there's only two reasons for that they either really don't know anything or they're not telling you anymore because you're in trouble too and so this is why he's freaking out they were all for him they all wanted him and now they're kind of like, well, he's putting his reputation on his line on the line if he's doing it. Well, why? Why? You know why? Because Durham is the best puzzle piece connector. If he's got a case, all he has to do is put it together one by one. If you want someone to weave that hole in the fabric and figure out what thread is missing, that's the guy you get on it because he pays attention to detail. Circling back. Whitaker's a, a pay attention to detail kind of guy. Imagine being the chief of staff for attorney general sessions with all this stuff going around and you have to keep that wall between the Mueller investigation and your boss, but also delegate and ask him questions and guidance on those things that are coming from the Mueller investigation without revealing what's going on in the Mueller investigation. I mean, that's a really tough balancing act and Whitaker did it. And just so you know, it was only then when Sessions resigned and people were aware of John Durham being placed and they knew that Whitaker had done it. For those that weren't sleeping during the testimony of Baker, they didn't want him as acting attorney general. Did you guys see how they even went to the Supreme Court asking them, you can't have him. Rosenstein should be acting attorney general, not Whitaker. He's a he's nothing. He has no experience. Yet he was doing a great job all along. They hated Matt Whitaker because Matt Whitaker was not seasoned with corrupt salt of D.C. He wasn't salty like them. He was an honest guy. A guy who knew what the law is, period. And that is what is most important. What's most important is the law being upheld to to the final period, comma, dash, everything. And this is exactly what he did. And you know, Barr is like that, but Barr does it within the within the scope, I would say, of ensuring preservation. Remember, he's old guard. He's there to preserve, but he's not going to preserve anything if it doesn't fall within the scope of the law because he doesn't want to taint his name or his reputation. Now, on a far-fetched note, maybe William Barr's really upset with everything the Bushes and the Clinton did. I don't know. You know, this guy joined the CIA right out of college. He was Bush's right-hand man sipping pina coladas on the beach in Costa Rica with Noriega while they were talking drug money. Okay, 
he created the laws and he created the way that the Clintons were ever were able to fill up prisons and create that super predator term. So if you ask me, my eggs are not in any bar basket. But for now, bar is serving his purpose, just like every corrupt person can. They can always be used to serve a purpose. And that's what's important. Now, what we see here is, you know, as I was saying, Comey, Clapper and um, Brennan, like I said yesterday morning, are throwing the FBI under the bus. And it wasn't until yesterday that the DOJ FBI block, so it's DOJ FBI versus intelligence community. They're throwing each other under the bus. No, he did it. No, he did it. No, he did it. No, they're cannibalizing each other. This is glorious. But what you need to understand is that there's a third party here, and that's the boss, and that's Obama. Obama, who used Iran to money launder $160 billion. Money launder that money out. Wash it out for him. Maybe get a kickback, but mostly to fund terror cells. And you know what? A lot of people, you know, write about this stuff. Iran, this, Iran, that. You know what? I'm going to call it right now. I know Tehran and all the politics there like the back of my hand. Now, I'm very careful on what I say here. I don't think I've demonstrated lack of knowledge. Uh, you know, uh, today, one of my listeners and also a friend of mine DM me, hey, your article from last year is making rounds again from big league politics, you know, because I write for them every now and then. So I had exposed the fact that Peter Strzok was uh, born and raised in Iran. And the thing is, how do you how do you know that, Tori? Because like I said, I know the politics in that region very well. And I can tell you that coming to the forefront now is the money laundering that the executive branch under 44 executed. And you would say, well, that's just money laundering. Well, look at the Justice Department and how many banks they have attacked for laundering money with Iran. Pay attention. Because I've always said it, follow the money, right? So Obama's going down with the money. That's how he's going down. And I'm telling you, to like, you know, fast forwarding, spoiler alert. In the end, Obama will be impeached. He will be impeached. And this will be right after the elections of 2020. And you watch them because they've already started the narrative. Oh, look at him going out after, you know, his the previous administration people. Like, can't he just leave it alone? No. How do you leave it alone when you've terrorized American citizens? How do you leave it alone when you've literally took a dump all over our U.S. Constitution, taking away our rights, silencing us if we speak, silencing us if we advocate, putting us on watch lists, you know, denying us access to things because you don't like what we say? How do you think that should go? You think that should go unpunished? I don't. Iran, as I've said it before, is, uh, okay, so I don't know if any of you guys play video games, but, you know, in video games, there's bridges and stuff that you go through, right? And you have to have a visual of your enemies. Well, Iran is like that place under the bridge where you, where you can't see who's going in there, 
and you can only see when they come out, but when they come out, it's too late. You've identified them right there. You didn't see them coming. They just come out of the dark under the bridge. Iran is that area of the bridge where you don't see the people going in, but you can only see them come out when it's like at the nth minute. It's like when you have to pee and you can't hold it and you're just like running. That's the last minute, right? The urge, the urgency uh, that I would say. So at an urgent moment, you will see it and you will see who the enemy is. That's what Iran is. But how their bridge is money. So you won't see where the money is. Well, you might see, like we did, a plane full of cash from Obama. There was a plane full of cash from Merkel sent. But you will see that money go there. But you won't know what's going on under the bridge until you see what comes out of it. And to see what comes out of it may not be right out of the gate. It may be, I don't know, people sitting in Canada with explosive materials. Uh, They were just arrested in Canada on a tip from Homeland Security here investigating ingrown terrorism. And obviously Canada didn't say, oh, it's not a jihadi thing. Yeah, but you just have a couple of people that came from Iraq that were insurgents that are living there in a nice neighborhood with tons of explosives, but, you know, has nothing to do with jihad for real. We're arresting them because they had chemicals they shouldn't have had. Are you serious? This is where we're at. We're also PC with terrorists. I say this because that's where the money ends up. All these camps you see nationwide popping up, training fighters. Little festering grounds like Minneapolis that Ilhan Omar so passionately defends. Iran. Iran is that fortress, that firewall that we can't see, that funds mercenaries globally. And they're not all attached to Iran. They don't even execute Iran. They're just the, the washing machine for the money. We'll talk about this after the break. Time really caught up with me, didn't it? I'll see you guys all in a few. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switch to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 700 That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. 
If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world is mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. Okay, um, I just wanted to play a sound clip because uh, we're going to get into this. We're going to get into the whole Iran war thing that the MSM is spewing before. You know what? No, actually, let's get to de Blasio because it's hilarious. Did you guys see the New York Post cover? They had a bunch of people laughing uh, when he that he's announcing a presidential run. Listen to what de Blasio has to say. It's not only that. Uh, there's a poll about a month ago, Quinnipiac poll, that showed 76% of New York voters, 73% of New York Democrats say you shouldn't run. So what should the rest of the country think when so many of your fellow New Yorkers are saying don't run? You know, I got elected mayor, but 73% of the vote originally reelected with 67% of the vote. I think you'd agree that the poll that actually matters is the election. So New Yorkers have twice said that they want me to lead them. And I think about polling in general, it's not where you start, it's where you end. So in the course of this campaign, we're going to talk about what working people need and how their government should be on their side. Right now, the federal government is not on the side of working people. And that's because Donald Trump is playing a big con on America. I call him Con Don. Every New Yorker knows he's a con artist. We know his tricks. We know his playbook. I know how to take him on. I've been watching him for decades. He's trying to convince working Americans he's on their side. It's been a lie from day one. So I believe I'll be able to show the kinds of things we have done here are what's needed all over this country so working people can live better. The type of things he's done in my state, my home state, right? I don't live there now. That's my home state. Needed in America. He called our president a con artist. This is a new word they're going to start using, con artist. The minute they don't like you, they're going to call you a con artist, a liar, crazy. You know, they use all these terms because they want to sling mud in your face. And who's talking? Stephanopoulos sitting there smiling about it. Let me tell you something. De Blasio was the one that ran to Germany for funding. 
as mayor of New York as if he was president on the taxpayer's dollar, if you remember. He went to the summit thinking that he was somebody to go there. Yes, New York City is seen as the capital of the world or whatever, uh, you know, finance central, etc. But you're nobody, Bill. You've purchased votes. You've rigged your elections. My state now allows infanticide. You know, you allow things like illegals to take the jobs of Americans. Garbage. Stealing money from the housing authority. I mean, $31 million a week and people still have holes in their ceiling, rats and mold. Are you kidding? We want that in the White House? The Post cover was very, very on point. People laughed because it's a joke. Just look at how many people are coming out. I'm running for president under the Democrat ticket. They're coming in the droves. It's like a dime a dozen. All of them suck. Kamala Harris, she has this clown as a... um, communications, whatever director putting out, this is what she's going to do in the first hundred days. Okay. It might be harsh, but I'm like, unless she has a purple mattress strapped to her back, which I hear are awesome, but I don't want to advertise them because they are not, uh, politically, uh, I'm going to leave it. I don't want to trash a brand, even though I really want to spend my money and buy their mattress because it's comfortable. I don't want to just because of where they sit and what they've said. Uh, But anyway, um, unless she has a mattress on her back that's exceptional, I don't see Kamala Harris doing anything. But, you know, the media is trying to make everything really soft and easy for Kamala because Jussie Smollett's not being talked about. What happened to that? Nobody's talking about that. We've got Beto, creepy dentist appointment and barbershop visits. I mean... It's like all of them, Elizabeth, all of these clowns, what do they do? Do they read a book that was written by Hillary Clinton, how to be approachable and likable? (laughs) She wasn't likable. The only thing she did was throw cash in people's faces. These people like Stephanopoulos, Joe, Mika, that guy, Matto, you know, CNN, all they do is get money and talk. They stand for nothing. They don't stand for the truth. They don't stand for what their job should be representing, which is reporting the news. They stand for nothing. They stand for whoever has the highest bid on them and their mouth and what they say. They're mercenaries, just like terrorists. Terrorists don't have loyalty to a cause. I mean, most terrorists have common ground and common beliefs. But, you know, someone that works for Al-Shabaab and starts bombing things in Africa will easily leave that camp and start fighting with Al-Qaeda if they pay him more. The same thing goes for factions in Syria and Iraq and Turkey and, you know, suicide bombers throughout Europe and the United States. It's who pays them more. It's not about honor anymore. And the mainstream media are domestic terrorists. They're getting paid To talk, you know, if anyone had the ability to throw some serious cash to the liberal media to push a story and have it happen, that would be an incredible experiment and execution of plan to just prove a point. Like if I had money, like serious money, where I would, 
you know, communicate with Good Morning America, for example, and say, here's $1.2 million. I want you to say that I am the best hula hoop, you know, competitor ever or something. And it's false. There's no way. I, I suck at hula hooping. But if they were actually to do a segment where they had hula hoopers and talked about it, well, you know, the best person is Tori Lindemann. She does great hula hooping. Then you know that they only talk where money is. If I throw money at them and tell them to, uh, you know, to, to say that Dan Scavino is one of the best social media guys out there. He knows how to work it. He knows how to tweet it. He knows how to post it, take pictures, etc. And I give them enough money, they might even say it. And they'll say it in a way like, you know, surprisingly, some good comes out of the Trump administration. He's got a really good social media director. You know, they would do that. If only I had some money. I'm just handing out ideas to my listeners because I know a lot of my listeners have very, very deep pockets. I mean, think about it. You can record and plan, write it down, and then approach. And see how easy you can get someone in the mainstream media to change their tune. Speaking of changing tunes. So back to the deep state. So we've got Clapper and Brennan in one corner, and we all know Brennan uh, drove the ship, right? The ship that was given to him by Obama, Brennan drove, and the people that he loaded on his ship was the FBI and DOJ. Just so you understand, Obama bought the boat, Brennan and Clapper drove the boat and guided it, navigated it, and on board they had members of the DOJ and FBI to execute. Think of it that way. This is how this failed coup was going on. This is how this Russia collusion happened. And this is why I said it comes down to the person that purchased the boat for the intent to overthrow a duly elected president. And this is why I'm telling you Obama will be impeached. But in the meantime, who will the mainstream media side with? Will they choose the intelligence community and say, well, Brennan and Clapper good this 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 or will they side with comey and and mccabe and peter strock lisa page and all these corrupt dojers i don't know if loretta lynch would fit in there maybe she would but she's also in the obama and co company so who do you think they're going to side with because they're going to be avoiding this like the plague they're they're already starting to soften the approach as to Oh, you know, something may come out. Oh, you know, maybe he didn't do it the right way. You see how they changed their tune? You know, we didn't do anything like this. And now it's, oh, but we did it by the book. You know, they're all changing their narrative to sound more benign than it is, but they haven't chosen a side yet. I mean, they would probably prefer to cut their tongues off rather than say Donald Trump was right. The people loved him. They voted for him. He won a rigged election. And all these people conspired against him, not only domestically, but globally. We activated, air quote, allies. We pumped so much money into this, and he's throwing a wrench into everything, and he's killing our bread and butter. 
And this is why we're so upset because now we're not getting the money we used to have. We're not having access to information like we had. And we don't have the power of saying, move aside, I'm CNN, uh, which gave them some form of title. We don't have offices on the seventh floor anymore. I mean, who is this guy? He doesn't take us and wine us and dine us as his press pool on the plane. He's treating us like we're just press and not like, you know, his buddies, you know, he's not like Obama where he shows off his erection on a plane to the, to, to the media and toys with them and flirts with them. That's their problem. That there's no longer a clique. There's no longer that cool kids group of them and us. It's us against them. They serve us. They don't like the fact that now they have to serve us. You know, public servants and journalists serve the people. Journalists don't like to serve the people anymore. Well, the mainstream media doesn't. They don't think, will my reader like this? I think my readers would like to know about this. Or radio show hosts don't think, will my listeners want to hear about this? Well, I don't really care. They're paying me to say this. This is what I'm going to talk about. Will they want to watch this clip? I don't know. I don't care. I'm getting paid for it. This is how they used to be. Now they have to be like real journalists, which is what is in the interest of the people? What do the people want to know? How can I deliver it to the people? You know, uh, obviously this month I am extremely busy because I have a contractual obligation uh, with this um, contract that I'm completing. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but I will be starting to bring on some uh, different people to talk about different aspects, even like aspects that are super way out there. Cause I'm a total buff for like alternative theories, alternative stuff. So I just wanted to tell, say that to you because I read all your guys's emails, every single one of them. And so, um, you know, that's, I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm, I'm always here to serve my listeners. I tell you what I think you want to know, which is the real news. And so I just wanted to throw that out there because there's going to be some exciting stuff coming up um, in June. I'm sorry, but I was a little bit distracted because I just received notice that de Blasio, there were protesters that were attacking him. I'm trying to read texts from friends, but anyway, okay, we'll see if they can send me a video clip. So, Going back, this is where the fourth unelected branch of government is having a problem. They used to have the the shield of the mainstream media, Hollywood, and, and the music industry to protect them from attacks from people. During the Obama regime, we saw that he activated his Department of Justice to target individuals that were speaking against the government or pushing uh, the U.S. Constitution. People that wanted to maintain their own water were being sued. People that had their own energy sources on their property were being sued. They wanted to control everything. People that spoke about creating militias, which is legal as far as the Constitution says, were being hunted down by the FBI. People that were calling out corrupt politicians being hunted down by the DOJ and FBI. They were weaponizing our agencies against the people to make examples of them so people be silent 
And this is something that people did not really recognize and are starting to see now. I mean, obviously, we see it with the president. We see it with his administration. We see it with his campaign staff, uh, both present and, and previous. We see it everywhere. But what we don't see are the people that have already been victim to it. I mean, we saw Dinesh D'Souza, of course, targeted for his movie. Uh, We saw McCain weaponizing the IRS against people. Like, this is something that the deep state did. This fourth unelected branch of government was literally weaponized and activated under the Obama regime to target every single American citizen that would dare raise their head and advocate for the upholding of the U.S. Constitution. And so this is why I was hoping that, um, I'm hoping that next week I can have someone on with me uh, where we can talk about Schaefer Cox. Now, I was reading into a little bit about Schaefer. Uh, Schaefer has been imprisoned uh, for... Uh, Being a patriot, really. He didn't do anything wrong. Um, He was being framed. They tried everything. They sent CPS to his house first to instigate. This is how they always start with people with with children. You'll suddenly see, hey, we're coming at you and we're going to take your kids. So that way they can get you to retaliate. They start sending people to infiltrate, to to entrap you. Uh, they monitor your communications. And for this guy, they put a lot of work and they're very dirty. And for some reason, and I'm not going to get into too much detail, I just wanted people to direct themselves to freeshafer.com. That's free, S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R.com. Now, people would like to see a pardon for him. I would actually like to see an annulment of the charges, like for it to be gone, like finished. And I'd like to see the prosecutors arrested who are still U.S. attorneys in the state of of Alaska, by the way, guys. These people framed him. They jailed him for 26 years because he might at some point in the future commit murder, even though he didn't. Are are you getting this? And it's all because of what he was thinking and what he was saying. Remember the senator from Alaska that was entrapped. Remember Ted? He was entrapped. Even, you know, Al Franken was like, yo, man, this was like illegal. The prosecutors did it wrong. And they admitted to doing it wrong. But he still lost the election. They didn't want him to be senator in Alaska anymore. Guys, this stuff is real stuff. The weaponization of prosecutors is a real thing. And I know that President Trump has cracked down on it. I've seen it myself. I've seen corrupt judges myself. Judges that sit there and say, well, you know, if you would have done it right, it would have been fine. But for now, I'm still going to side with the corrupt person. Judges that sit on their bench and don't try to do the right thing, which is, you know, issue real justice, but that are on the take or collude with other entities to entrap you because your speech is dangerous. We're seeing it on social media too. I mean, today when I was publishing my article, I shared it to the Red State Talk radio group and 
Facebook came up with like, oh, I'm just letting you know that we're going to tell like group people that you're posting to their thing so they could take a look um, just in case it doesn't go against uh, – just in case uh, it goes against community standards, which is another thing that I'm going to report to President Trump for getting that message today. I took a screenshot and I'm going to do it and I urge everyone to do it. Why I'm telling you this is that it's really important for us to understand that this uh, weaponization of agencies against the citizens is widespread and federal, state, local agencies. But we're also talking social media because if anyone thinks that they're just private companies, when I hear a liberal say, well, they're just a private company, they are a monopoly. We can't even create other companies that are that are similar to them because they will blackball them from the marketplaces. So we can't even use apps for them like they did to Gab. Because if Gab had an app, Twitter would be dead by now. Nobody would be using Twitter. There was another app that was developed in Canada and that gentleman, the minute he piled, it was awesome too, by the way, uh, he was shot and killed. Nobody talked about it again. This is how they work. They're mobsters. They're, 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 they're sleazy. They're a clique. They're a group. They're a cartel. They're mafia. They don't want peasants like you and I speaking. How dare you think your constitution is your shield? It is. How dare you think you can speak against me? I can. How dare you think you can think freely? Uh, sure, I can. These are the answers or the allegations they throw at us that we are not allowed to think freely. We are not allowed to speak freely. And don't you dare try to empower the people. You provide empowerment to the people, we will decapitate you we will imprison you we will destroy your life we will shame you maim you tear you apart i watched a video that's on freeshafer.com it's not the first one i think the first one on the website is like some song but i watched the video afterwards and it was so chilling to see that this has happened i mean where is president trump and we don't need to ask for a pardon we need president trump to expose this not just a pardon we need him to expose it and take those two prosecutors that are still sitting pretty in Alaska, bring them over here and throw them in the brig, lock them up, strip them of everything they have. That's how you operate. That's how you get things done. You chop them down. Now, obviously you don't chop a tree directly, right? Especially if it's short, fat and stumpy, you got to take the branches off. And these prosecutors are a problem, but it's the FBI agents that assisted that need to be cleared out. Have they been cleared out yet? Nobody knows. Because there's been so much restructuring in uh, the FBI and so many people fired that it's incredible. You know, and I hear a lot of people saying there's a lot of good people, rank and file, that didn't want to say anything. You know, you're right. You're right. And you know, I'm a little bit conflicted here because I was in many, many times in a position where I could have opened my mouth and said something. I could have said, you know what? That's not right. That's illegal. That's a violation of the Geneva. That's this. That's that. I could have done it, but I didn't. Why? Because I feared for my life. So I am at that point, you know, um, up until 2009 when I met Andy Breitbart, 
I was a person that was more about self-preservation, but I kept really good thorough mental notes. And I was all about self-preservation because I knew what they were capable of. I know what they are capable of. So you keep your mouth shut. Now in the FBI, we have people that had the ability to say something and did it. Can I relate to them? I kind of can, but this is the FBI. There were ways that they could have, but didn't. So nobody spoke up. There was no whistleblower, even though there were whistleblower protections. And we didn't see anyone come forward to say what they're doing is wrong. From all agencies that were tapped into these mid-year exams, the dossiers, the whole nine yards, none of them. But I can pretty much tell you with 99.999% certainty that there are probably whistleblowers that are being unsung, that are unsung right now that we probably don't know about within the FBI and the intelligence community that probably did say something, probably did use the tools that were in place, but those tools were also monitored by the same people you wanted to talk about, the same people you wanted to put forward for review. And the thing is, how do you whistleblow? When your president at the time, your attorney general at the time, your FBI director, your DNI director, your CIA director, your, your inspector generals that are placed, the U.S. attorneys, the treasury, U.S. aid, state department, everything. When all of them are best friends and they're working for the same common goal against the people, how do you whistleblow? Do you go to the media that works with them? You can't. So how do you let the people know? So, you know, this, I wanted to give that perspective because there's a lot of people uh, that I've seen on television through periodicals that I read, tweets, Facebook posts that are saying, well, none of them came out and whistleblowed. Yeah, they didn't. Because when you're in it, when you're in that community, you know who pulls the string. And when you see that everyone at the top who in the end could do something about it is actually part of it. And the media is all part of it. You can't even get to someone. You can't even trust a low level media guy because that low level media guy will tell the other guy, will tell the other guy, and then you're dead or arrested or stopped by a cop because you didn't put your blinker on. Next thing you know, oh, I thought they had a gun. This is why everyone went to Julian Assange with everything. This is why people would reach out to people like Assange and other cyber infiltrators. This is why people reached out to people on 4chan, 8chan, you name it. Because when the people at the top are corrupt, how do you tell? So I want everyone to keep that in mind because I saw a lot of people that I follow, a lot of people that I respect say that. And being in that position... And having worked for Brennan himself, I can tell you that when you want to say something, you know, where it's see something, say something, you really can't. Because then what you know that someone else may not know will never make it to any ears, aside those that may be all standing over your grave. Okay, I'll talk to you guys in just a bit after this break. Thank you. 
Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tory Says Show. Uh, this is the second hour, and I'm going to use it to uh, put things in perspective for you because everybody is working on different aspects of timelines of what happened. And I wanted to show you guys how uh, after the election of President Trump and while he was candidate up until a few days before he swore in as president, They were still trying to find a way to annul his election, to stymie his ability to swear in. Now, we know that Judicial Watch has uh, garnered some emails, uh, communications of trying to put together things to entrap President Trump like they did General Flynn, okay? And I'm going to walk you through this, okay? Let's start. In March, they realized that emails were floating around in the dark corners of the internet that have been taken off the exchange server. They all discussed supposedly being interviewed for the mid-year exam, but there were lawyers and, and various FBI agents, something unprecedented. They said, it's never happened before that we questioned Hillary about that. This is how they justified their meeting, just so you know. Uh, but they were conspiring on how to fix this. So how to fix it was to say that it was hacked by the Russians and they had already started creating narratives for each Republican candidate that could have one. So they had a lot on Cruz and they leaked a lot. I don't like Cruz. He looks like he's, you know, wearing a human suit and he's itchy in it. I don't like him at all. He's got a very arcane and um, um, wishy-washy background. I don't like him. There is no way I will ever like him. I would never support him as president, let alone even any, any elected seat. I would never. So I'm just putting it out there. So they had stuff on Cruz, but they had stuff on president Trump because they knew he was going to win. They knew. So they needed to find out what his campaign was doing, making him so effective when they could have just watched the TV and see that every single day he was somewhere campaigning. But anyway, they wanted to get access to his campaign emails. They wanted to monitor who he was talking with, who was working with him. Did he have a PR agency? I mean, he's doing great. Who's writing his speeches? We need to know everything. In the meantime, we need to mitigate the situation because these emails will be made public. Because keep in mind, like I've said, if you have information and you reach out to journalists and say you do it anonymously, they will always use all the resources in their power to find out who you are. I myself filed an anonymous complaint through a burner phone to an agency uh, back in 2015 
And two weeks after that, I get a call on a burner phone, which I use for my sources, where they were like, hey, so we received your complaint. I was like, I thought this was anonymous. Yeah, would you tell us who you are? I mean, all we have is your number, but you're not supposed to keep those details. It's anonymous. They were like, yeah, we just want to know. Like, maybe we can meet. I was like, hold on. I destroyed the phone right then and there. Why? Because this is what they do. When you put out a complaint or if you put out feelers or you provide information, they will come for you. They will come for you and everyone else around you and they will make sure your information never sees or the light of day or falls on ears that may be receptive. So they already knew that mainstream media, their own people, probably the big guys, because that's where you go with information like that, right? What was provided to Julian Assange, that's where you go with information like that. But then you realize that the media is not talking about it. So then you disseminate it to someone that would take it seriously, that would verify it, that would not be disputed, and that would be WikiLeaks, that would be Julian Assange, which God, I hope, keeps him safe. I know that he is very vulnerable right now. I just wanted to say, uh, you know, they feed him, they medicate him, they clothe him. He is at their mercy. Uh, I hope every one of you keep him in your prayers. Now, Moving along, this is how they operated. They found out that these emails exist. They found out from their own media contacts that people have been reaching out to them, trying to get it to them. So we fast forward. We know the whole spiel, CrowdStrike, Fusion GPS. Let's get this going. And who do we target it? It's now becoming more apparent that Trump is in. He's now cinched the candidacy too. We got to move full speed ahead with him. Let's do it. So they take all the mitigation they had for the corrupt emails, uh, for the mid-year exam going away. They hushed that up real quick because there was an intent. And then they created this dossier, this narrative, this pinning on, whatever. They even tried to do it the legal way, which is to get FISA warrants. Why? Because they were sure he was going to win. And the only way you can carry it over and investigate or monitor people that work within the Trump administration is by having a FISA warrant. So that was their backup plan after he won the election. So between the period of time from the day he was elected up until the day he swears in, he is supposed to have a defensive briefing. No one gave him a defensive briefing during the transition period. But, but some things were brought to the president's attention on January 6, 2017. And that is when Comey met with President Trump and other people with him, of course, uh, to let him know that, you know, that thing that they were talking about, that there's allegations, you know, the dossier that Harry Reid spoke about on November 1st, right before the election, the dossier that Mother Jones printed about on October 31st, 2016, a couple days after they got the FISA warrant. You know, that dossier, the dossier that everyone on the Hill and in Foggy Bottom had, uh, you know, on their computer reading it and going through it, the fiction-filled dossier. So he, Comey sits down in a way to tell, hey, you know, so there's like these allegations about prostitutes and peeing on beds. And so 
the way he told the president is like, yeah, so they're allegations. So we might have to like look into this stuff. And I'm just letting you know, I'm kind of giving you a heads up. But the way he gave the heads up is the thing. Remind you of stories that you hear with um, J. Edgar Hoover, right? Totally. And so it was a way of saying, listen, buddy, you may have won the election, but maybe you need to come clean or compromise with me or else you're screwed. And this is where they had this meeting. Why? Because the FBI, the DOJ, the DNI, the CIA, and the Obama administration, all of them wanted President Trump to say something, just anything that would let them in their meeting in the future days that they had set up with the chief justice of the Supreme Court to allow him to issue an injunction like or to issue an order or in some way annul the election or postpone the swearing in of President Trump because of these allegations. So you have to understand that um, James Baker, his attorney, is a, is, is a big player in this. He was the general counsel for the FBI. That's why I call him his attorney. He knew exactly, uh, you know, everything there was in the dossier. He signed off on it. Um, but the Bureau themselves, when they went to Trump, they had to tell him that they had uncorroborated allegations uh, because, you know, the press has it and it's going to come out. And it's like, why did you tell him that on January 6th, 2017, when the dossier had already come out on October 31st, 2016, and it was dismissed as rubbish from Mother Jones? Why did you say it was going to come out when Harry Reid, then, you know, the minority leader said that they have a lot of damning information on him. Why? Why did you tell him then after Barack Hussein Obama signed that special executive order about Russia just about a week ago? That's the thing. Internally, they were orchestrating a way to strong arm the president or at least entrap him and omit exculpatory information, of course. But to get him to admit to something that wasn't true or to get him to corroborate some point of the dossier by accident, maybe on a defensive stance or say, well, I was there, but not then it was back then. And they just jotted down and it could be possible that he's obfuscating because of the way he responded or what he said. It could have been everything. This is one of the biggest hoaxes ever orchestrated in, in human history. The biggest. They tried to entrap him. They tried to get something because they had a meeting set up where Obama, Comey, everybody and their mother, all agencies stood across from the chief justice of the Supreme Court to find a way to not let him swear in. This is why they were perpetuating the idea of maybe Obama should do a third term. We're not ready for Trump. He should go for a third term. I'd be totally for it. Everyone was saying it, if you remember. So what's scary is, is that, you know, at first they were saying, you know, uh, this was fine. It's corroborated. The dossier is perfect. Now they're saying, well, we did whatever we could, um, you know, and it would be, it wouldn't be a good thing. Like 
we're obligated to take any complaint or any issues or any such things and investigate them because we have to, um, you know, apparently, you know, Comey was saying that, you know, to, to president Trump on that day, Hey, you know, you're not under investigation. He lied because he was under investigation. The allegations about prostitutes peeing. And anyway, who cares if there were prostitutes peeing? I'm just saying, what if our president is freaky and he likes people peeing on things and watching them like Harry Reid does? Because he was actually busted 20 years ago for peeing on objects with prostitutes. I'm just saying, what if, you know, um, we have a polyamorous president, you know, uh, what if we have, you know, a, a president that likes S and M, whatever that's his business. That doesn't impede if he has a sexual or P fetish on what he can do as president. So uh, first of all, why would the FBI be investigating if he likes prostitutes peeing on beds? Think about it. It's like someone saying, well, you know, you pay couples so you can watch them have sex as the fbi we're going to investigate that and it's like you my sex life or my likes or or wants or none of your business why are you investigating it it's because they were making nothing something out of nothing basically they were trying to push this uh, crazy idea this is why they had prostitutes this is why they had stormy daniels paraded around i mean this woman you know, gets used by men all the time, all her life for money. And this was her being prostituted out to the mainstream media. And just, she was like this, like the prime prostitute for the Democrats. That's what they did to her. They prostituted her as a person. But anyway, um, and she didn't even get anything out of it too. What did she get? She got broke. Um, so the, the, the concern that's here is that Comey was sitting in that meeting with him lying to the president saying that, you know, you're not under investigation when the allegations that he was talking to him about were about him. So he was lying. And so what's weird is that this dossier was actually funded They say it's by Hillary Clinton's campaign, but it's not, you guys. And I wrote an article about Perkins Coy where I slid it in there because, you know, you have to be very careful because when you put out information and people are like, well, did she use her position? We can find the source. You have to be very careful what you say, but you have to understand that Perkins Coy, this law firm, represented and represents or Ed, the DNC, Hillary Clinton, Backpage.com, Vixen, and Barack Hussein Obama simultaneously. You have to understand that Robert Bauer, who was a partner, who obviously resigned just a couple days after Baker was fired, just so you know, he was a partner at Perkins Coy, was the managing partner, like it was his accounts. So during that period of time, just telling you, Between March 2016 and April 2016, Barack Hussein Obama paid $900,000 to Perkins Coy. $900,000. Perkins Coy used a generic account to pay for this dossier, to pay Fusion GPS, to pay CrowdStrike, to forensically analyze the DNC hack server. Do you think that the dollar said, this dollar belongs to Hillary Clinton? Do you think this do- the dollar said, this dollar belongs to the DNC? No, they were all in a bucket account. 
What I'm trying to infer here is, is that this dossier was not just funded by Hillary Clinton, as they like to say, or just the DNC. But there was Obama money in that. And this is why he was so invested. I mean, nobody stopped for a second to think, holy crap. We have a president that just completed two terms who is campaigning for another candidate. Michelle Obama went to New Hampshire to campaign for Hillary Clinton and Hillary Clinton didn't go. It was just Michelle. Didn't you guys find that odd that they were campaigning for Hillary Clinton in, in fact, out there talking for her, campaigning for her on their own, you know, using Air Force One to travel, to go and campaign for Hillary Clinton? I mean, if President Trump, when he's done with his term, if during his last year he starts campaigning for the candidate that's on the Republican ticket, I'll be pissed. He shouldn't be doing that because then it looks like you want to pass the torch on. And I'm pretty sure he's going to stand by it. He might say, yeah, I like the guy or I don't like the guy. But what he has to do is stay neutral and allow the people to do it. Obama used his clout, used our federal tax money and went and stumped for her. But not only that, his money was used to pay for this dossier. This money was used to pay for CrowdStrike. They used our money to try and ensure that Hillary Clinton would have won the elections. They poured so much money into the media. How many times did you see Obama in the media talking about Hillary? Michelle Obama, every one of his candidates, how many? He even laundered money out to make sure he can fund the campaign. Pay attention, what I've said. Iran is not, you know, we're not going there because the people are suffering. You know, people think about ponies and rainbows and love. Yeah, the people are suffering. They've had this regime for 40 years, man. Peter Strzok's daddy put it up there in 1978, period. We created it. The U.S. government did it. End the story, all right? Because we've had really bad administrations that decide that they're going to dictate how the world will operate and, and their way or the highway. That's the way it goes. I can go into depth about World War I and World War II, how we triggered it. We created Hitler. We wanted to create Hitler. People don't seem to see it. I don't want to digress, but the point of the matter is, is that Iran is the mon- is the washing machine and Obama sent off $1.6 billion in cash on an airplane. Why? Yes, to fund terrorists. So yes, to give them a kickback, but more so to re-inject it into Hillary Clinton's campaign. And this is what it comes down to. If we can get Iran to the table without Turkey being such a baby. Because Turkey is now, you know, uh, you know, really stomping their feet. They're really upset. They're losing a lot of money. Nobody likes to play with them. They're losing their front. And if Iran goes, then they're stuck. They're going to either have to comply with the West or be ousted again by the Arabs. So right now, what we need is Iran to come to the table. We want to see their financials. We want to see where the money went. Because from Iran, it went to another bank. It went to another bank. And then it came back to Hillary. That's my point. 
Now, no one's else. No one else is talking about this. Everyone keeps saying how Iran is a threat and how they're torturing their people. Nobody cares about their people. Be honest with with reality, guys. Be be real. What is our interest in Iran? Aside from the fact that they have a lot of oil, and it would be great if they can come onto the Western page and we could all share and have a booming energy economy. You know, get OPEC a little bit more regulated, bring them into the game, and have happy people and have Tehran like it used to be. I went to Tehran and bought this amazing rug. Even under this regime, people were still happy. So it's not about them being unhappy, okay? This is us driving the question because if we bring them down, then we can see what's going on, right? This is reality, honest, blunt truth. We are telling them, overthrow your people because they're suppressing you. I'm telling you, I've been to Iran under these regimes and the people are content, It's not that bad. It's bad, but it's not that bad. Okay. It's like, it's like Taiwan. It's not like China, but it's like Taiwan, right? So it's bad, but not that bad. So the bottom line is what we want them to do is open up their books and play with us. We want them to be part of the game. Turkey doesn't want to be part of the game. Turkey has been ousted by the Arabs. And finally, they've got stronghold with the Europeans. They're like, hey, we've got the Europeans kneeled. You know, this will be like the early, you know, uh, the the from what was it? 110 AD to the 1500s, you know, where they where they reign, the Ottomans and the Islamic, you know, empire went through. We're good. We got this. We will take out all these infidels. You know, Turkey's crazy. Iran is reasonable. But the problem is, is that Iran has taken it so far that they are worried that they will be implicated. And I'm pretty sure if we can make it clear without it falling on ears of the media that, hey, Iran, all right, we get it. You funded terror cells. Maybe you were responsible for explosions, even 9-11. Let's pretend, okay? I'm not saying they, they were. We'll keep that under wraps. Water under the bridge. Just show us what the Americans have been doing in Iran, please. Show us what the plan is. And the thing is, the thing is, is that the people that were placed in power in Iran are really strong jihadis, okay? Everybody should bow down to Allah. I don't want anything Western. You know, they're really strong Sharia advocates. So this is where we're having the problem. If it was any other country, any other Arab Muslim nation, it would be easier. Uh, You know, even if we had something like this and we would try it with Somalia, it would work as opposed to the Iranians because they have been reinforced and they are being reinforced by Barack Hussein Obama, by Valerie Jarrett. Remember Valerie Jarrett? Valerie Jarrett lives with Barack Hussein Obama. She is his handler. You have to understand every single president has a handler. Anyway, this one was not supposed to be president. This one was manufactured and Brennan helped manufacture it. He helped manufacture Obama. He left the government and went to Europe and where? The Middle East, where he created that company in Luxembourg to create Barack Hussein Obama People are just not paying attention. It's all there and it's going to come down. So the problem that we're having right now with Iran is that they want to maintain their Sharia status, comply with us, forgive them. They want everything. They want all the pieces of the pie and they can't have it. It's either you comply and you provide the information we want and, you know, or else, you know, we'll burn this place down and we'll find it anyway. 
and do your thing and be a little bit more respectable to your people and play with us. Come play with us. We want you to play with us because you've got a lot of oil and you've got resources. We should play together. You shouldn't be isolated. You shouldn't be used because right now they're being used by everybody, but they're happy about it because they're stockpiling money. You know, everyone's like, Iran doesn't have money. They've got enough money, guys. They've got enough because they can blackmail and say, hey, Obama, if I don't get some cash right now, I'm going to start talking. They've got a lot on a lot of people. So here's where we're at. Obama dumped money. Obama made sure that Hillary Clinton would be reelected. He used our federal tax money, sent it to Iran, not only to fund terrorist cells and perpetuate the whole plan that they have, which is so nefarious. God bless Space Force. Uh, You know, and that's just a, a hint that he... He's going to make sure that Iran is the one that pulls the trigger so that there is war. And like I said at the beginning of my hour, today over 70 helicopters, uh, Chinooks and um, Kyoza were um, delivered to Greece because Turkey is the one that's stomping their feet. And I said it before, Russia is going to come in from the north and squash that. They're going to come down from the north and squash it. So the United States has just reinforced Greece, which is bordering with Turkey. Iran is not playing with us, and all we want to do is expose what has happened. It's like, dude, we just want to see what happened. We'll leave you at your place, and in the meantime, we should play together. I mean, you shouldn't have these walls where you assist crimes like this to happen against other countries. We should be open and transparent. You want Sharia? You keep your Sharia, but let's play together. And they don't trust that. They don't trust that. Kind of like the way China is earwigging to North Korea. Don't trust the Americans. It's Anna. Listen to us. That's the way Turkey is earwigging to Iran. Don't trust the Americans. Trust the Muslim Brotherhood. Trust us. So this is where we're at right now. And this is something that Barack Hussein Obama orchestrated. But I want you to remember, this is all happening now because they couldn't. Stop him from swearing in. And this is why they're pushing for war. Look at who is asking for war. I'll see you all in just a bit. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our Legal Defense Fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978. 
That's 855-700-2978. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for MyPillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code REDSTATE. That's one 800 961-9194 promo code red state put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow the most comfortable pillow you will ever own for the best night's sleep in the whole wide world visit mypillow.com Welcome back to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Remember, you can always follow me on Twitter at Tori underscore says or on Gab at Tori underscore says. I've actually been locked out of my um, Gab account. So (laughs) this is why I haven't posted. I haven't even, you know, done the whole process of doing my password. I've just been so insanely busy Um, because my sister's getting married on Saturday, guys. Finally. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So where I was at is I'm trying to parse out to you guys just how big this is. I mean, you know, a lot of people are microscopically looking into things. We're looking at from a micro perspective. We're looking at locally. Oh yeah. It was Pelosi and them, you know, it was the deep state. It was like, yeah, they were, but this is bigger. What the president is trying to do is uncover a constant such fold. Remember 40 years ago, Peter Strzok's daddy infiltrated Iran and, and placed the people that are there now, that regime. They then continued to do the same by putting Maduro down in Venezuela. That kind of backfired. Because remember, he started with something like a Bastat caucus. You know, he was more of a freedom person. And then after a couple years being supported and propped up by the administrations in the United States, you know, he realized, oh my gosh, they're using me. And I'm gaining nothing. Whereas, you know, the Khamenei regimes, they were fine with that stuff. You know, the Iranians were like, you know, we get Sharia and everybody can hate us, but we've, everyone's using us now. We're the front. We're the only front and you need us because, you know, Barack Hussein Obama used Kenya as fronts, you know, Barack Hussein Obama used Somalia, you know, pirates and all that stuff. Did a lot of stuff in Oman and Yemen, hence our bad relations at the time with Saudi Arabia. And, you know, you really don't want to pick fights with people that have solid gold toilets. But, you know, Hussein knew better because he had the whole world on his side. 
This is where it gets down to. The exposure of such an intricate network should be the first thing on everyone's mind to be seen. Like you want to know this. You want to know where you stand. Because right now as a citizen of this nation and a citizen of this planet, you really don't have solid footing. And I emphasize a citizen on this planet because it, 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 it comes to something even greater than what we see. There's a lot more than what we see. So let's just talk on a, on a more advanced upper level thing of, okay, as a citizen of the United States, we do not know where we stand because we do not know these unseen forces that are driving us that are trying to condition us into a lifestyle of wake up, work, sleep, rinse, repeat. Wake up, work, sleep, rinse, repeat. Kind of sounds like slaves, but with perks. You know, the more productive you are as a slave and the more compliant, the more access you have to nice things. So Iran... It's not about helping the people. It's about exposing the front. Iran is being used as a front by everyone. I mean, come on, guys. Like I said, Germany sent cash to Iran to launder. This is a really big deal, and, 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 and people need to kind of come to kind of just sit back and take it in. Look at how the whole world is against President Trump, the whole world that you can see, because this is what the mainstream media tells you, the whole world, as far as established politicians, the whole world is established mainstream media because the people love Trump globally. I was really happy to see Turnbull uh, information on Turnbull come out in Australia and the deal that Barack Hussein Obama cut with, uh, you know, terrorists and in exchange, I'll take these people, (laughs) you know, these quid pro quo things. I've told you guys before that if you actually check your birth certificate, it's actually a stock certificate and you're actually in a portfolio being played on the stock market. I've told you that before, right? I'm just telling you that again. It's really important. You understand just how big this is, like what you would see come out of Iran if that wall falls, if we can follow the money and see where it goes. Because the keys to understanding, the if you can unlock Iran and get the paper trail, get the money trail, then you know all the actors. Because right now, all we can see is what's coming out of that bridge. We want to know what's in the works and what has been archived under the bridge. That dark blind spot in security cameras is Iran. We need to see what's going on. Because if we can, then we can help the rest of the world too. Because it's not just the United States that uses this blind spot. It's the European Union. It's factions of, you know, Russia, Uzbekistan, Afghanistan, China, Japan, Australia. Do you know what we're not talking about? Africa. We should start talking about Africa. Africa is going to be a big deal in the second half of 2019. Africa, the dark continent. The only place that if General Electric felt like making tons of money, 
They would wire them up so they can have power, but they don't. They would invest money in the dark continent. It's called dark because they have no power. They don't have internet. But there's smarter people that are there. Remember, we have very intelligent enemies. Those that you know by name and those that you don't. I can point out that the most intelligent of all those enemies that we know by name is China. Because if you notice, with all this tariff talk and how we're trying to strong them on the more visible front, right? There's a visible market and an invisible market. On the visible market, we're strong arming them so that way we can straighten the visible part out. The invisible part, well, one of them is Africa. For the past year, China has been dumping cash like nobody's business and investing in Africa like crazy. South Africa, all their darn supermarkets have been built by the Chinese. Ports have been purchased. Look at what's going on in Uganda. Look at what's going on in the Congo, Kenya, you name it, the Chinese are there. All these charities, Oprah, Obama, the Clintons, all these other big, big, big names that, you know, a lot of people are going to be going to jail and it's not all who you think. A lot of the people that you want to see go to jail aren't going to jail because they're singing. But they're all in Africa. Africa's a very big deal. And all of us need to understand just how expansive this is. What President Trump has done is thrown a wrench into a very long-standing plan. Very long-standing plan. A plan to keep the people in check. I want you guys to listen to two things. I want you guys to listen to what the president said on the fly when he was asked if we're going to war with Iran. Hold on. Let me get this clip up. It's from C-SPAN from this morning. Boom. Are you afraid you could escalate, Mr. President? Are you afraid you can escalate, Mr. President, with Iran? We'll be discussing refugee policy in Switzerland. Can Switzerland be helpful, Mr. President? Switzerland. Can Switzerland be helpful, Mr. President, in diplomacy? So I wanted to tell you guys something. Switzerland is a very important country. Throughout the history of time, Switzerland has remained neutral, and no one asked the question why. Why is banking neutral there? Why are they independent from the EU? Why do they speak all the languages of the world, even though they do have, I guess it's more a Germanic tongue, right? Why? Switzerland is here today. That's where he was. And if you heard the president, they said, are we going to war with Iran? And he said, I hope not. Because that is not what he wants. He doesn't want war with Iran. He's like, listen, Iran, you want Sharia? You want your people to wear burqas? You want to keep them under whatever? 
But be open with me, man, and we can have some good relations. We don't need to be like this. It doesn't, it used to be like this. It doesn't have to. But today, out of all days, Switzerland is coming. And we'll talk about Switzerland probably in June when I have some special guests for it. I'm working on that to put them together. We've been talking for a while. Because there's some things about Switzerland that people don't know. And, you know, if you're bored on a weekend or, you know, you've got time on a train or in a car and you're not driving, okay, search around and see what role does Switzerland play in everything. Remember, there's something called the Geneva Convention. There's Just look at the roles they play and look at how different they are. That's all I'm going to say on that. Now, globally, like I said, what President Trump has done is thrown a wrench. He's creating alliances with countries that nobody would be allied with, according to what we knew, right? uh, what mainstream knew. He's trying to pry open everything. He's trying to get Pandora's box back in check. He wants to... Put it all, he has to find every single piece though. He's got to find everything, stick it in a box, and then throw it in the ocean. So it goes to the bottom, 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 floor, hit, hell, wherever. It just needs to go away. But in order to do that, to get people that are against humanity, against humans, against people, we need to sequester it. And the only way you can sequester it is by showing people. Unfortunately, people, they can have truth in their face right now, but they have been conditioned with so many stimuli from social media, from TV, from radio, from periodicals, and just propaganda in general, and even through their educational system throughout the years, that they can't even see the truth. And sometimes the truth is so out there that you're just like, nope. Can't comprehend that, not doing it. Mm -mm, No. Because even for an average citizen, even myself who knows it to be true from certain uh, privileged information, I would not even fathom that a country like the United States would have a leader like Obama ever in the White House. A person that wasn't entitled to be president, shouldn't have been president, and especially the actions going forward. The theater, the lies, the violations of human rights, all of that. I wouldn't be able to fathom that. I would say that's impossible. That doesn't happen in today's day and age. And yet it did. And I still, even though I know it to be true and I'm telling it to you and I write about it, I still, you know, in the core of myself, I just can't believe it. We all can't be that dumb. So what the president has done in the past two years is do a lot. He's done a lot of work, a lot of work that you haven't seen. I mean, pay attention. John Durham is like Thor's hammer. It's coming down hard. It's going to come hard and crack the earth beneath their feet and start to allow the earth to swallow them one by one. And the thing is, they'll all help each other go in there because they're going to cannibalize each other. He is Thor's hammer. Now, in the meantime, as he's been working quietly under lock and key domestically, he's also been working globally. And now we're seeing that come to fruition. I want you guys to hear what Rudy Giuliani said about the Ukraine on handy last night. It's just a short 30 second clip, but it's really important people hear it. 
There is overwhelming evidence of Ukrainian information being given to Democratic National Committee operatives and to Hillary operatives. And the conduit was our embassy in Ukraine. And all right, I'm not just saying this. There's a court decision in Ukraine that nobody here paid attention to in December of last year, finding an individual guilty of passing on information to harm Donald Trump. And they find him guilty under Ukrainian law. Do you guys remember the Ukrainian journalists that were killed? Do you remember the hoax of the Ukrainian journalists, the other Ukrainian journalists being killed? Do you know that the Ukraine has five times the debt that Greece does and is basically owned by Germany? Do you think the Ukraine acts without orders from Germany? Do you see how the Ukraine, the minute the straight debacle set up, provocateurs of the Ukrainians in the straight with the Russians that happened uh, just before Christmas. Do you remember that? Well, what troops landed on their shore? The Queen's troops, the United Kingdom, they sent troops. Who do you think is commanding this? You know, locally on their courts, without much media coverage, of course, like Giuliani said, things are being honored because there are a few people, there are many people actually around the world that want to uphold justice and what's right that want to ensure that the truth is somewhere. And this is why I told you, pay attention, they're all writing books. Because obviously if it's documented, then it has to be true, right? That's what people say. If it's documented, then it's true. I mean, I've written books under a pen name, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of you have actually read my books, and they're all put down as fiction. They're not. But you know, you can't say that it's real, can you? Because if you do, you might be in a lot of trouble. So you write books to document history, to document events. Sometimes you put it as fiction. How many times have you watched a movie or read a book and said, you know what? This is kind of like real. This is plausible. I think this is probably going on today. Well, court cases are like that too. And in the Ukraine, finding that person guilty, do you know why they were found guilty? Because they messed up with the EU. That's the only reason that was documented. And the only reason they charged them with it is because they double-crossed the people they were working for. See, sometimes that happens. You're like, oh my gosh, like, how did this happen? This is a godsend. It didn't. Because usually evil destroys itself. Which leads me to the last topic that I want to discuss. Because uh, I am really excited to see what comes out of this Swiss meeting. Um, is Roe versus Wade. Months and months ago. And even when infanticide was being discussed a couple months ago, I said to you, and I wrote about it, the left will be so insane about abortion being banned, being criminalized, that they will actually file lawsuits. They will file lawsuits for their right to commit murder. They will, and they have. In Ohio, they've already filed one, and they're expecting it to go to the Supreme Court. Here's the thing. You can't go to the Supreme Court and talk about abortion and not revisit Roe versus Wade. You just can't. You have to, because that is the abortion you know, guideline. Roe versus Wade gives us the right to kill babies. That's what they say, right? So here's the deal. If... 
they revisit Roe versus Wade, and now, even though she's passed, we have her testimony that she lied about it. I want to play it for you. Uh, Because I think a lot of people don't have the time. I know a lot of you are driving or working or dialing into the listening line. But it's important for people to hear it. Because if you hear her words, how she said, I lied. I, you know, just to get the decision, you'll understand just how far this goes. She lied. Here's Norma McCorvey, Jane Roe. Jane Roe's story was a terrible one. She said she had been gang raped, gotten pregnant, was desperate to get an abortion. That's what everyone believed, as long as Jane Roe remained anonymous. When she went public, she told a different story. You were raped while you were in Georgia? No, I wasn't. You were not? No, I wasn't. Oh, so all those stories that are in the books and so forth are not true? Yes, sir. Yes. They're not true. Right. And it turned out that lying wasn't the only embarrassment this darling of the pro-choice forces presented. In her personal treatise published last year, Norma McCorvey told the story of her somewhat sordid life. Then she still adamantly supported abortion. Now she adds that to the list of sins she took with her into the baptismal pool. I've cheated people out of money. I've sold drugs. I... You know, I, I, used, I, was, I was an abusive alcoholic for, you know, many, many years. Um, I've done a lot against his teachings. Um, but I, I think the far greater sin that I did was to be the plaintiff in Roe versus Wade. Well, you know, they paid her for it. See, this is what they do. They find idiots or find people that are desperate enough that have no moral compass that would sell their mother for a dollar to go and do things like this. This is exactly what happened in this case. They found a woman who would be the face of the case. And so just so people know, it's not going to fly this time because hopefully we'll also have another justice up when it comes to collect, right? We will have, Ruth will be gone. Hopefully they'll announce it. I mean, come on. What kind of miraculous medicine is she on, you guys, right? How much can they cover for it, right? I mean, it's incredible how she's still alive, right? How she's so much healthier than a lot of people her age. How she she survives a lobectomy and tumors and falls when the average 90% of the time, if you fall after the age of 65, you're pretty much screwed because you usually crack a hip, but she only did ribs, right? So this is what people need to understand is that evil corrupts itself. If you wait long enough, they will corrupt themselves. Roe versus Wade is just one example. What's going on now in the Senate And in the House, the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, the DNI, they're flushing themselves out because it's best to have them pull their own pants down. And I know a lot of us want to see a lot of them do a perp walk, a lot of them.
but it's not going to happen fast enough. The only way we can get them to expose themselves faster is by exposing what they're doing. Iran is key to show the networking, to call out leaders globally, and to put an end to this terrorist funding too. And the plan that came with that terrorist funding and why. That's the one facet. The other facet is to start focusing on political prisoners within the United States. For some reason, people think that you can be a political prisoner only when you're outside. So, for example, you and I take a trip to Russia and they arrest us. We're a political prisoner. Well, what about all the political prisoners that we have within the United States? How many people have been locked up for false crimes and been framed for crimes or allegations or, in the case of Schaefer Cox, uh, the possibility of him committing murder at some point, maybe, are locked up? How many? That's something we need to do. So William Barr, as you know, yesterday is going to be traveling to El Salvador to advance Department of Justice priorities. What kind of priorities do you think are going on in El Salvador? I think Switzerland will help us with that. Switzerland will help us with that. They will assist us in putting the pieces together. So today it was announced that uh, Gosnim, which is a cyber criminal network uh, from Europe has been targeting American entities. It was an international operation, and um, they got them. And so there's been international law enforcement, you know, working together. So what this, so what they did was they designed malware to capture your online banking details, your identity details, um, bank accounts, steal money, but it's not stealing money. I'll tell you what Gosnim really did. Okay, because they were prosecuted in four countries. Hold on. Let me see what the countries they put down. uh, uh, Georgia, Ukraine, Moldova, Germany, Bulgaria. Um, They all corroborated. Okay, so the defendants reside in Russia, Georgia, Ukraine, Moldova and Bulgaria. So it's five of them. It's uh, the operation was unprecedented international. Okay, I'll tell you what it was. So you know how you get malware? Well, they were stealing your information, not to steal your bank details, but to create fake passports, to create fake travel credentials so that they can move people into our country under American passports. And I can tell you one thing, the Department of Homeland Security has cracked down on it because this is how they get terrorists in. They use your identity. Cybercrime is on the rise because... World War III is not going to be done with tanks or banks. It's going to be done with apps, internet, and just clicking the delete button on some people. On that note, I bid you guys a great afternoon, great evening from all of us here at Red State. God bless. I will see you here tomorrow, and hopefully we'll have the announcement of indictments today. Have a wonderful evening. 